my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today is Monday, February 26th. My goodness, it is snowing like crazy outside. Um, I want to start with this. My three favorite NBA players, LeBron James. LeBron James is my favorite. I think he's the greatest of all time. You can hate me for that. Oh, well, I love LeBron. Whether it's LeBron or Michael Jordan, LeBron's incredible. My second favorite NBA player is Lonzo Ball. When I watch Lonzo Ball, I cannot take my eyes off of him. I just am drawn to watch Lonzo. It's incredible. The dude captures my attention like nobody else. And my third favorite NBA player is actually Draymond Green. I know that's kind of weird. He's not the most popular player in the NBA, but I love him. I I love Draymond Green as I drop my pen. Draymond Green is incredibly talented. He's tough. He's physical. He's authentic. I think he would get in my face and yell at me. If he disagreed with me, he would be not afraid to say it. I would love to be Draymond Green's teammate. I I think he's a great guy I would want to work with. He would challenge me. He'd be tough, but I like him. I like Draymond Green's toughness. Well, this weekend, Zaza Pachulia fell on Russell Westbrook. And, you know, it's, it was a very controversial thing. He, Zaza fell on Russell Westbrook's legs. And again, very controversial. Some people say that this was an accident. Other people say this was a dirty play. That Zaza is a dirty player. Here, I'm going to roll a clip. Two weeks ago, I was playing basketball at the rec center. And we played it. It, it was me and my buddies. We were all small, about 5'10". Average, average dudes, not great athletes. We're good, average basketball players. We play a game against, it's five on five, against a team that has three dudes that are 6'5", and just yoke. They are big, they are built, they are huge. And they're very talented. They can shoot threes, they can dribble to the lane. These guys were way, way better than us at the sport of basketball. Bigger, stronger, more athletic, name it, all of them. They were just fundamentally better athletes and better basketball players than we were. So we had to play incredibly scrappy to compete. To make up for our lack of talent and our lack of size, we had to play very chippy. When they would drive to the lane, I'd bring a shoulder. I'm doing everything I can to not let him score on me. Because I knew if I wasn't incredibly physical, this dude was going to make me look stupid. He would embarrass me if I didn't play incredibly physical. And they argued. They were mad. They complained a lot. I didn't feel bad at all. I did whatever it took for me to win. And some people are arguing that is what Zaza did against Russell Westbrook. Simply not the case. I watched that Russell Westbrook play. The play is over. See, there's a difference. There's a difference. Zaza fell after the play had ended. If he was, if Zaza was competing really hard and doing everything he could to stop Russell Westbrook from scoring, that's one thing. It's one thing to play really chippy and really aggressive to try to make up for a lack of talent, which we all agree Zaza has a lack of talent when it comes to him or Russell Westbrook. But the thing is, the play was over. The play had ended. Not to mention, Zaza has a history of weird, dirty, controversial plays. So yeah, I I do think Zaza's a dirty player. I do agree. I understand the argument that, well, Zaza is just a tough competitor, and he's doing everything he can to stop Russell Westbrook. That might be the case if it was in the middle of a play. But the play was over. It was, we, everybody had moved on. The basketball wasn't even near Zaza 
when it had happened. I I I think Zaza's dirty. I'm going to compare it to this play. There was a play last year in the football season where Rob Gronkowski dove and drove his shoulder into Tredavious uh, White. I want to get that name right. Tredavious White. Rob Gronkowski was suspended for a week. The play had ended, and then Rob Gronkowski dove into the Bills player, shoulder first, who was laying on the ground. Very similar, except it was a little more clear Rob Gronkowski did it intentionally. It's the same play. The play is over. Everybody's ready to move on. And then another guy lands on another person. Now, the NBA decided not to punish Zaza. Zaza's a dirty player. No doubt about it. Do I care? No, I don't care. I don't mind Zaza being a dirty player. It happens. Those people exist. The, everybody's saying Zaza's a dirty player, therefore Zaza's a bad person. They, they, they're not mutually exclusive. You can be a dirty player, which, love it or hate it, I don't hate it. I actually enjoy that. I think it's interesting. And the fact that the NBA did not charge Zaza with anything, no suspension, no fine, literally nothing, tells me Zaza didn't break any NBA rules. <laughs> I like that even more. If you can find a loophole in the system, if you can find a way to beat the system, oh, man, I love that. I did that in high school all the time. And, and I appreciate what NBA players can do that. It, it's cheap. But a few cheap plays here and there to piss off your opponents, I really don't mind. That's how I play basketball. And I, look at me. I'm 5'10". I can't dunk. I'm not very talented. I got to do what I got to do. And I don't mind. Zaza's a dirty player? Yeah, 100%. But I don't really mind it. But the reason why he's, it's a dirty play was the play was over. And Zaza, I don't care who you are. Zaza landed on him intentionally. We all know it. The play was over. And Zaza continued it by landing on Russell Westbrook's legs. So Zaza, again, in recap, is a dirty player. And I really don't care. I don't mind it. I enjoy that. I think that kind of basketball has a has a place in the sport. <clears throat> as long as you're not breaking any rules, it's fascinating. It's interesting. I hope nobody gets hurt. But I like it. I do. I, Zaza gave me something to talk about that from an otherwise pretty boring weekend of sports. Now, let's be honest. You like it. I like it. I'm glad Zaza did it because it gave us a conversation, which is very fun for me. Speaking of the weekend, my goodness, this weekend was crazy. I had, I had a project due on Friday, on Saturday, on Sunday. I had a test due today. I apologize. I meant to do a podcast on Saturday. I got incredibly sick. And I had a bunch of, wow, I cannot hold on to my pen. My goodness. I can't, I can't. Oh, well, um, yeah, this weekend sucked. I got really sick. I was really busy with school. Um, I'll be honest. I played a little bit of Fortnite with my friends. If you know what that is, it's a game. I played that with my friends on Saturday night. Uh, I decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on school this weekend, catch up, get ahead. I'm a little bit ahead in school now. Wednesday's podcast is going to be great. A little bit shorter show today, but a lot of good topics. I worked really hard to prepare this show and make sure it's on top of things. We're going to talk a lot about, we're going to discuss these topics. We're going to discuss the NCAA basketball improper benefits scandal. There was a big release, by, uh, a bunch of information found by the FBI that Yahoo Sports released. We'll talk about that. I'm going to talk about the Marcus Peters trade. Marcus Peters seemed like he was traded for nothing. And if you don't know who Marcus Peters is... He's one of the premier corners in the entire NFL, and he was traded to the Rams for basically nothing. Why did that happen, and who won the trade? We'll talk about that. 
It's not as obvious as you would think, by the way. We're going to talk about Deshaun Kaiser. A commenter said something very interesting in favor of Deshaun Kaiser. And I think it was the best, most interesting argument in favor of Deshaun Kaiser I have ever seen. There are three teams I would choose if I was an NFL free agent. I'm going to tell you why. We're going to talk about Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles signed a brand new spanking, uh, pretty not a huge contract, but a pretty big contract. That's interesting. We'll discuss that. Was that a good idea? Was that a bad idea? We're going to talk about the Eagles, and we're going to talk about Vontae Davis. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube, on iTunes, on SoundCloud. Find it. Subscribe to it. Help me out. I was told it's not on Google Play. I don't know why. I did everything I could on my end for Google Play, so I'm figuring that out. Figuring out Google Play and currently figuring out Spotify. It's it's out of my hands at this point. I'm waiting on them to do their part. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. If you like this podcast as much as I love doing it, please, we're, we're going like crazy. We're, aren't we? I was really excited last week because we got to 500 subscribers, and we're already past 560 in, it's been three days. Like, it's unbelievable. It's, it's really, really crazy to me. I'm so excited. I love making this podcast, and it, it really... Um, I love that you guys love it. And this is my favorite thing in the entire world. So tell your friends about it. Tell your friends about it on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever it is. I'll cut it short. You know, the gist. tell your friends about strong opinion sports. All right. Um, <clears throat> this might be a, a topic you guys hate on. Honestly, if you hate my opinion on this, I'm okay. I'm not here for you guys to agree with me. I'm here to share my perspective and hopefully have an interesting conversation. I, I think it would be weird if you guys always agreed with me 100% of the time. If you listen to Strong Opinion Sports because you're looking for someone to agree with, you're probably listening to this for the wrong reasons. So I hope you enjoy this topic. If you hate it, skip ahead or go find another video. I really don't mind. But um, I want to talk about the NCAA scandal. So to start this, a speedboat can turn on a dime. Turn the, turn the wheel, speedboat turns. Now, a giant freight ship takes minutes at a time to turn. Same problem, but for the smaller system, happens in instant, instantly. For the bigger system, it takes a lot longer to change. It's a harder process. It's a, it's a much more difficult process to turn a giant boat than a small boat because it's a bigger system. The bigger the system, the harder it is to change things. <clears throat> and when something is small... That breaks, you replace it. When your phone charger breaks, easy, simple, five bucks, go buy a new charger. When your headphones break, you, re- you replace your headphones. But some problems are too big. If, if my car breaks, if my car dies tomorrow, I better figure out how to fix it. Because I'm too broke to replace my car. Some problems are simply too big, you can't solve them. The NCAA is a giant freight ship that needs to turn. But not only is it not capable of turning, the captain doesn't want to turn. The NCAA does not want to change. The NCAA is a broken system, yet the people at the top have no desire to change things. Last week, a story came out accusing as many as 20 NCAA schools of giving basketball players improper benefits. Schools like Duke. North Carolina, Texas, Kentucky, Michigan State, USC, Alabama, and many more. 
Multiple players in the NBA were named. Multiple players in the NCAA have been mentioned. So what do we make of it? Well, well, first, the obvious uh, thing is it's unfair to teams that aren't cheating. If your team is cheating, you have an unfair advantage over other teams that follow the rules. But my interest in this story is why. Why this scandal happened is what interests me. I think it's really funny. The NCAA says that they hate this. The NCAA says they don't want this to happen. It's bad. Look up the quotes. It's it's hilarious. If you don't like it, then do something about it. But the truth is, the NCAA not only will not do anything about this, they don't want to do anything about this. Nothing will change. This story will not change anything. So most notably, Sean Miller, the Arizona State basketball head coach, uh, was caught discussing paying $100,000 to land a recruit named DeAndre Ayton. Again, nothing will change. There's probably way more that we haven't heard of. This is the thing we know about. This is a guy that got caught. We don't know what else is out there that we probably will never hear about. We hear so many stories like this, improper benefits every year. Another college, whether it's basketball or football, every year there's another story like this. And nothing ever changes. Scandal after scandal after scandal. And I think it's funny. Recently, my opinion of the NCAA has completely changed. I used to think that student athletes were ungrateful. I used to have this attitude. They get free college. They get to play college football. That's way more than I got. I feel I felt like that was unfair. And I think many people feel that way. Many people listening to this podcast probably feel like student athletes are ungrateful and need to appreciate the opportunity they're given with college athletics. Now, how about this? If you're listening, I, I'm going to assume you work hard, you have a job, you're educated, you work, whatever. You don't have to be educated, but I assume you have a job and you work hard. So imagine this. Imagine, picture this. Close your eyes. Imagine this. You were the top salesman at your company. And you bring in millions of dollars for your company. Your company makes millions. They are rich because of your hard work. So Bill, who's also a salesman at your company, he does the same exact job. Yet he sits on Facebook all day. He's not even close to sales. He barely makes any sales a month. Yet Bill makes the same amount of money as you. And that frustrates you. You bring in millions for the company and Bill does nothing. He sits on Facebook and you guys make the exact same amount. That would frustrate you. It would frustrate me. It would frustrate anybody. You want to be paid what you are worth. And I realized I, the common ground between a guy like me and a student athlete is that we are both employees. I'm an employee. You've worked as an employee. Student athletes are also employees. <clears throat> Can we stop pretending? Can we stop pretending that student athletes are in college for the education? They are employees. Student athletes are employees. And college basketball is a business. You know, sometimes I get frustrated. Oh, these D1 athletes, they don't appreciate what they have. And then I remember that Alabama Athletics brought in 174 million dollars in revenue last year but we all pretend they're there for their studies they're there for the free education which is about 40 grand a year (laughs) we all pretend it's it's ridiculous if you want more proof here's more proof 
I'm going to use the IRS's definition. Again, the, the tax agency of America. I'm going to use the IRS's definition of what makes an employee. There are two types of workers that I've dealt with. Uh, there's a 1099, which is a contracted worker, and then there's a W-2 full-on employee. I fill out a 1099. I work for sports networks, and I operate a camera. To do that, I have to fill out a 1099. I am a contracted worker. I've also had other jobs in the past where I filled out a W-2. What that means is you are an employee. Now, the way the IRS defines an employee, the way they designate what makes an employee is if the business controls what you do and how you do it. How much control does the business have over you? Now, colleges, colleges completely control athletes 100%. They make you work out at certain times. They make you do film study. You have to practice. You have to take a certain amount of credits. A college controls a student athlete's entire life. By the IRS definition, look it up. Student athletes are employees. Based on the paperwork I've filled out in the past, a student athlete is actually an employee. (laughs) It's in the definition. The point of all this is to say that the point is NCAA programs use athletes to make millions of dollars. They sell jerseys. They use them in promotional videos. Now, student athletes, they get a free education. That's awesome. But that's really weak compensation when you realize how much money is brought in. And that's why all of these NCAA stories will not change a thing. Nothing will change. Nothing will come of this. Because the NCAA does not want to change. They make too much money exploiting young men. They basically get free labor to make millions and millions of dollars off of student, quote-unquote, student-athletes. This is not revolutionary. I, I, I'm I, sure you hate what I'm saying. I'm very okay with that. It's my opinion. That's how I feel. But I side with players. I'm not going to side with the big organization. The players in this situation are me. I'm not going to side with the big, powerful company. I'm going to side with the guy, the little guy, the you and the me of this scenario. College sports are a business, and we pretend like they're not. We pretend like a student athlete is there to get his degree and, and then people argue, well, he is paid. He's paid a college education. So you acknowledge. People acknowledge that student athletes should be paid. You just think they're paid enough because you pay them a free education. More than I get, but I don't bring in millions of dollars for my university. Luke Falk, I'm not going to name names. Certain athletes, God, man, they, they bring in tons. They bring in bucket loads of money. I heard LeVar Ball is trying to start a league. LeVar Ball is trying to bridge the gap between high school and the NBA. He's going to make a developmental league where guys can earn fair compensation and prep for the NBA. I love that. The more I hear ideas like that, and then the more scandals I hear where players are getting paid and there's all this shadiness, I just want to see a actual good system. I'm not a big fan of college basketball. I want to watch the best. I like the NBA. And if there's going to be a weird middleman, can it be something that's organized and makes sense? And isn't this kind of weird BS where, oh, they're they're student athletes. It's not the worst thing ever. A student athlete doesn't have a terrible life, right? It's not that awful. But they're not fairly compensated. And they're definitely exploited to make millions of dollars for the people upstairs. And that drives 
me nuts. Cause not, not because that's not, that's how a lot of the world works. I get that. But they pretend like it's not what's happening. They pretend like they're helping the kids and mm, they are, they're giving them an opportunity for a better life, but man, they are not fairly compensating student athletes. Not, not the biggest programs. I'm going to get out of this topic. I'm sure you guys probably hate me. They hate what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't really, I say, I say what I say. I believe my opinions. I state why I believe my opinions. That's how this show works. The Kansas City Chiefs traded their corner, Marcus Peters, and a sixth-round pick. So Marcus Peters and a sixth-round pick was traded from the Chiefs to the Rams for a fifth-round pick this year and a second-round pick next year. So who is Marcus Peters? Because Chiefs fans are so, so angry. Chiefs fans are, oh, they are mad. They are so angry. Marcus Peters is a fantastic corner. He's 25 years old. He played 94% of the snaps last year for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and he here's the most notable stat about Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters has, in his first three years in the NFL, he's played three seasons. Marcus Peters has 19 interceptions, which is the most of any player. In the last three years, Marcus Peters, who started as a rookie, has more interceptions than anybody else in the last three seasons in that time frame. Now, Chiefs fans are mad. They think that the Kansas City Chiefs did not get enough from Marcus Peters. I believe this was a good trade for both sides. I think this was good for the Rams, and I do think this was also good for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, before we get all angry, I'm going to defend my opinion. Of course, it's good for the Rams. The Rams get a really good corner. They have now a better defense than they had last year. Now, the Rams are one of my three teams I chose to possibly make it to or win the Super Bowl from the NFC. I think the 49ers have a chance, the Rams have a chance, and the Saints. The Rams just got better. They're even more of a contender. This is not good for the teams like the 49ers or the Saints. It's good for the Rams. The Marcus Peters trade really helps the Rams. Now, how could this possibly be good for the Kansas City Chiefs? They trade a starting corner, a a fantastic player, for a fourth-round pick and a second-round pick? Like, what? Oh, and you had to also include a sixth-round pick just to get rid of him? How, how could this be good for the Kansas City Chiefs? I'll tell you why. <clears throat> first of all, and this is a multi-layered argument, so if you get mad at my first point, relax. There's many things to this. This is good for the Chiefs because Marcus Peters is somewhat of a problem child in the locker room. He's had multiple incidents on and off the field. He's been yelling at fans. There was the move against the Jets where he picked up a flag and threw it back into the stands. Marcus Peters brings a lot of drama. There's also been reported, I have not observed this, but this is reported, that Marcus Peters avoided contact at the end of last season. I didn't, I'll be honest, haven't watched a lot of Chiefs games. I've only seen their highlights. I didn't watch every play, but apparently Marcus Peters was a little bit gun-shy, kind of protecting his body. Wasn't going all out and was avoiding contact. Didn't see it. I can't speak for that. I'm just echoing what I read on a report. What I have seen is that Marcus Peters will leave the guy he's guarding, go to a guy that someone else is guarding, and take a pick from that guy. So he'll leave his assignment, go to someone else, and take an interception. It's a great play. That's awesome. But what that means is Marcus Peters sometimes does his own thing. 
He's difficult to coach. It's hard to work with a guy who doesn't operate within the structure you provide. Not to mention, here, here's the biggest kicker. Here is why I believe this trade went down for the Kansas City Chiefs. This is why I think the Kansas City Chiefs made this trade. Marcus Peters has one year left on his deal. He makes He's in his rookie contract, not making very much, about 1.7 against the cap. 1.7 million. Well, after his rookie contract is up, he is probably going to become the highest paid corner in the entire NFL. About it's estimated, I read, about $18 million. So I think I, I would get rid of him. You get what you can while you still can make a trade for him. Get some value while there's still value to be had. And let's be honest. Right now is a great market for corners. If you wait till next season, you'll never know what's out there. <clears throat> this is the time. If you're going to sign a new corner, this is the time to do it. You can go get a guy... So you could wait, sign Marcus Peters for a huge contract next year, which you're not going to be able to afford, or trade Marcus Peters away right now. Bring in one of the other guys, Aqib Tlaib, Malcolm Butler, Vontae Davis is off the the map, but there's multiple guys in free agency you can get for a lot cheaper than Marcus Peters would have been, and you can lock them down for multiple years. You can go get a starter in free agency to replace Marcus Peters who will be significantly cheaper. That is why I believe this trade not only happened, but why it's good for the Chiefs. They got rid of a problem child. He's cheaper. They can build a future with a new guy. And they probably have a guy who's more coachable. Marcus Peters being traded to the Rams was good for both sides of this deal. Good for the Rams and good for the Kansas City Chiefs. I've said in the past that Deshaun Kaiser is not a franchise quarterback. I've said, look, the guy is not a guy I believe in. He's made the same mistakes in the NFL that he made in college. He makes bad decisions. He's inaccurate. He's not the guy I would want leading my franchise. Now, a commenter made a really good point. Someone on YouTube said this. They made a comment in favor of Deshaun Kaiser. And a lot of people say, Deshaun Kaiser's my guy. We should should be all in on Deshaun Kaiser. And I've been, these are awful unintelligent, bad arguments I don't believe in. Now, this guy made a pretty good argument. I still don't agree with it, but I thought it was worth talking about, and I thought he he challenged my opinion, and I'm going to leave a rebuttal. I liked what he had to say, though. I thought it was very good. He said, remember that Deshaun Kaiser was just a rookie last season. And if we were to judge Brett Favre on his rookie season, Brett Favre would have been out of the league after just one season season. Again, it's a good argument. Hey, fair enough. The guy was a rookie. Maybe he can grow. Oh, and Brett Favre. Brett Favre made similar mistakes. Huh? Maybe? Uh, Possibly. I'm going to tell you guys something. When my mom was growing up, the word gay meant happy. But in the last, I don't know how long it's been, like 40 40 years? I'm going to be generous to my mom. In the last 30 years, I have no idea. In the last 30 years, the word gay has changed from happy to what it means today. And the similar, the way that the word gay has changed in the last 30 years is very similar to the way that quarterbacks have changed. The way quarterbacks have been, are treated in the NFL as rookies has completely changed. Back in the day in the NFL, 
quarterbacks were given multiple years. They were they were brought in. They sat on the bench. They were expected to have two, three years to develop before they were expected to start. Guys like, oh, what's his name? Dan Marino. Dan Marino was an anomaly. Not a lot of guys came in as rookies and lit it up. Dan Marino, that's the exception to the rule. That wasn't the rule. But nowadays, today we expect rookie quarterbacks to step in and play immediately. And maybe a couple games will give Mitch Trubisky, but for the most part, rookie quarterbacks starting, remember when Matt Ryan, his first pass was like a 75-yard touchdown? Matt Ryan changed things forever. Now when rookie quarterbacks step into the league, we expect them to be able to play. If they can't play, it's a, they're a bust. They're given like a couple months and then they're a bust. The expectations have changed. The years have changed things. Now we expect more. We don't have to necessarily expect productivity from a quarterback, but we expect maturity. And if you're not mature as a rookie, sorry, man. Any other position works, but if you're a quarterback and you're not mature, nah, go away, bye. Not worth my time. And you got to remember that Brett Favre is an anomaly. To compare Brett Favre to Deshaun Kaiser, Brett Favre is the exception to the rule. And Brett Favre, even when he left the NFL, he wasn't incredibly mature. He just made it work. Brett Favre and Deshaun Kaiser are not similar. And you can't you can't compare Deshaun Kaiser to Brett Favre. Because Brett Favre, again, he's the exception to the rule. He's not the rule. You're not going to mature and duplicate Brett Favre's success. Don't compare a guy like Deshaun Kaiser to Brett Favre. Brett Favre is his own separate entity, and you can't really make any comparison to him because he's such a rare, unique story and a rare, unique player. Deshaun Kaiser's not a franchise quarterback. I understand Browns fans wish he was. What I honestly think was that the Browns were tanking last year. That's just my theory. Like, hey, if we play Deshaun Kaiser all year, we can lose every game, and then we can draft Sam Darnold. You really think Deshaun Kaiser's the quarterback of their future? I don't think they believe in him. I've, read the stories, man. There's, there's narratives all over the place. Some say Deshaun Kaiser has been ruined by Hugh Jackson. I don't really believe that. I think that to be a great quarterback, you have to make a choice and buy in. And I don't think Deshaun Kaiser fully understands what it takes to be an NFL quarterback. His maturity level isn't there. He wants to be, but he's not there. And I think comparing him to Brett Favre is a little bit overzealous. I like the comparison. I thought it was a a good point that challenged my opinion. But again, Brett Favre is the exception to the rule. Brett Favre can screw around and be ridiculous his, his rookie year and still bring it together because Brett Favre is a rarity. It's not going to happen again. And again, expectations have changed. Since the time Brett Favre was a rookie, we have changed our expectations for rookie quarterbacks. Deshaun Kaiser is not a franchise quarterback. I would love to be wrong. If Deshaun Kaiser's the dude, it would save the Browns a lot of work. They would they can draft way better players, invest in their roster. Awesome. But you gotta get the right guy, and Deshaun Kaiser is not the right guy for the Browns. All right. NFL free agents care about two things. Winning and money. Winning, money. I'll throw playing time in there. But what teams 
are the best free agent destinations. Because there are three teams that have a lot of money to spend and have an opportunity to win next season. So my, my number one team in free agency, if I'm a free agent this year in the NFL, I am calling this team saying, hey, I want to be a part of what you're doing. I want to play for you guys. You have a lot of money to give me. And you have an opportunity to win big next season in the next couple of years. My first team I'm calling up is the San Francisco 49ers. I know I'm biased. I know I like the 49ers. I actually believe this, though. They have the best mix of possibility of winning and cap space. The two things you need, a lot of money to spend and a chance to win. The 49ers have the fifth most cap space in the NFL. And that's after they signed Jimmy Garoppolo to a mega deal. They have 70 over $75 million left to spend in free agency. That's ridiculous. Now, the Texans have the sixth most amount of cap space available. They have over $67 million to spend in free agency. And again, they have an opportunity to win. Now, the third team I would call up is the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings are the eighth highest team. They have the eighth most cap room to spend this year in free agency. <clears throat> They have over $55 million to spend for new players. Now, if I'm a free agent, I'm looking at all these teams, and I'm asking, where can I play the most? Which one of these teams needs me the most? And I'm picking either the Vikings, the 49ers, or the Texans, because I want to win, and I want to make a lot of money. Now, my number one team is the 49ers. They have the most money to spend. They have a great quarterback, stability at quarterback, and they have a great coach and great general manager. They are building something in San Francisco. If I'm an NFL free agent, I'm doing everything in my power to get into San Francisco's locker room. Now, the second team I would call up, I would call up the Texans. Because unlike the Vikings, we have no idea who the Vikings quarterback is. That will significantly change things. But as it stands right now, I'm calling up the Texans because the Texans have... Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is the future face of the NFL. We don't know how good he's going to be next year, but he is the future of the NFL. I am convinced. And as long as Deshaun Kaiser is healthy, man, I want to be in Houston building something with Deshaun Watson. So again, it goes 49ers, Texans, Vikings. The Vikings are third on this list because we have no idea who their quarterback is. And winning is tied to who your quarterback is. If you have a bad quarterback or no quarterback, you cannot win in the NFL. Now, I think, and I read a story today about this, Kirk Cousins is probably going to go to the Vikings. If I'm the Vikings, I'm doing everything in my power. Look, they have the cap space to sign him to a big deal. They have a great roster in place as it is. Great young receivers, a great defense, a good offensive line. Man, if I am Kirk Cousins... A guy with that ability, I want to get together with another Midwest group of guys and play in Minnesota. Remember Kirk Cousins from Ohio, sorry, from Michigan. Kirk Cousins is from Michigan. He's from the Midwest. It'd be going home for him, basically, to go to Minnesota. And my goodness, he could win a Super Bowl. The Vikings roster is unbelievable. Kirk Cousins is a perfect marriage with the Minnesota Vikings. Another big news story today was that the Jacksonville Jaguars signed a three-year, $54 million 
contract extension with Blake Bortles. I think it's a great move. Love him or hate him, this is the right move for the Jaguars. I know Jaguars fans want better, but you have to be realistic. You're not going to get Sam Darnold. It's not possible. And you're not going to get Kirk Cousins. This is the right thing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So first of all, they owe Blake Bortles over uh, around $19 million. You're not going to pay Blake Bortles $19 million and then turn around and pay Kirk Cousins a $30 million contract. You're not going to do that. It's not possible. It's not realistic. So the best thing to do is sign Blake Bortles. And I think Blake Bortles has a lot of promise. I do. And remember, three years, $54 million, that's less than $20 million a year. That's actually fairly inexpensive for a franchise quarterback. It's not bad. And again, Blake Bortles beat the Steelers. And he had a great playoff run. He, sorry, he struggled against the Bills, played fantastic. The, the Jaguars would not have beaten the Steelers if Blake Bortles had not won them that game. Don't forget, Blake Bortles played incredible against the Steelers. He played incredible against the Patriots. The only thing that stopped Blake Bortles this year was he played the greatest quarterback of all time who shredded the Jaguars' fantastic defense. Blake Bortles was toe-to-toe with Tom Brady. Blake Bortles is the guy. He's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but Blake Bortles is the guy in Jacksonville. I feel like he earned his spot with his playoff run, and I do think he's improving. 2015 was great. He had an off year last year, but don't forget, the Jaguars have a great defense, and that's about it. I remember the story before the Patriots game was that Blake Bortles was throwing to undrafted wide receivers. Here's what the Jaguars have. They have a great defense, and they have a great running back. So this year in the draft, go invest in a wide receiver, some offensive linemen. Give Blake Bortles more to work with. Help Blake Bortles win. Because if you support Blake Bortles, I do believe he can win you a Super Bowl. I really do. I believe in Blake Bortles. I think this is the right move for the Jaguars. They were kind of pinned in the corner. $19 million a year is not bad for a franchise quarterback. This is a good deal. It's good for the Jaguars. Blake Bortles is the right thing for the Jaguars. Again, I know you guys want Sam Darnold. You want Kirk Cousins, but they weren't happening. Blake Bortles was the best option for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's the right move. I think it's a good move, and they got him fairly cheap. Well done. Right now, Blake Bortles is the best option for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just remember Vontae Davis? Remember, Vontae Davis was the guy who... I'll get into it. Vontae Davis just signed a one-year deal with the Buffalo Bills. And if you remember, Vontae Davis is the former Pro Bowl corner from Indianapolis. And Indianapolis released him last year when he had a groin injury. Now, he visited the 49ers, he visited the Browns, and he visited the Buffalo Bills. He ultimately did sign with the Buffalo Bills. And I do think the Buffalo Bills is the best spot for Vontae Davis. It's a great move. It's a smart move by him. It's the best spot for Vontae Davis. Here's why. There's still questions about Vontae Davis's health. We're not sure if Vontae Davis is going to be able to make a real comeback. He signed a one-year deal with the Buffalo Bills. And this one-year deal will give him an opportunity to prove his worth. He can prove, hey, look, 
I'm still a top-level corner in the NFL. I still belong. I can make it happen in the NFL. And by going to the Buffalo Bills, Vontae Davis puts himself in a situation where he can be successful. The best situation for him to be successful. It's not, it's not, like, it's not like on offense where you, one guy can dominate. One quarterback can carry a lot of other people. Vontae Davis needs the support of everybody around him. He wants to put out a good year of tape so next year he can sign another big contract. He can prove himself this year, use his tape and his resume from this year to sign another big contract next offseason. Vontae Davis going to the Buffalo Bills is good for him because it helps him build a resume. It gives him good people to work with and will help him make his pitch and prove he's healthy and still a pro bowl corner in this league. Vontae Davis to the Bills is a great move. It's a smart move. I like it. I'm happy for Vontae Davis. And the Bills got a good player. The Bills defense, I believe, I think Vontae Davis can play. I don't know that the 49ers were convinced enough to give him a big-term deal. And I don't think the Browns are going to give him a ton of money. This is the best thing for Vontae Davis. He can go ball out. He can play against good guys. He can play with a good group of guys in Buffalo, a good defense. Vontae Davis is the right fit for the Buffalo Bills, and the Bills are the right fit for Vontae Davis. There's an interesting narrative going around the NFL right now, which is that the Philadelphia Eagles will have a significant drop-off next season. The Eagles just won the Super Bowl, and people are saying that the Eagles will probably have a Super Bowl hangover and not do as well as they did last year. Now, one of the things they are citing in their opinion is that Frank Reich, the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, left Philadelphia for the Colts' head coaching job. And also, John DiFilippo, the former quarterback coach of the Eagles, left the Eagles for the Vikings' offensive coordinator job. People are saying, well, you just basically gutted every, everybody behind the Eagles' offense. Carson Wentz is screwed. And the masterminds behind the Eagles' offense are leaving, and they will be gone. What? Eagles are fine. The Eagles will be okay. Here's why. First of all, Doug Peterson, the head coach, is the guy who calls the plays for the Eagles. It will hurt, yes, to have Frank Reich and John DiFilippo not in the meetings next year, but they're going to be okay. The guy who calls the plays is still there. The genius, the true genius behind the offense, Doug Peterson, is staying in Philadelphia. Not to mention, Carson Wentz got hurt last year. Carson Wentz is coming back. He's even better than the guy who won the Eagles the Super Bowl. So, yes, the Eagles are not going to drop off. The Eagles have their head coach, who calls plays, still staying there, and their quarterback is coming back. But here's the kicker. Here's the reason why I believe the Eagles will be just fine next season. So they lost their offensive coordinator and people are very worried. Oh no. Well, there, there goes that. It's not true. The new offensive coordinator for the Eagles is a guy named Mike Groh. G-R-O-H. Mike Groh. He was promoted from wide receivers coach. He was an in-house hire. They promoted him within the Eagles organization. This is awesome. This is why I believe in the Eagles next season. So my school's dean is up for re-election. Right now we have an interim dean. Uh, He's been there the entire time I've been here. 
And he is now, they're either going to hire the interim dean or they're going to bring in a lady from LSU. Now, I'm rooting for the in-house hire. I want the guy who was the interim dean to stay on and become the full-time real dean of my college. I hate school. I hate school so much. It's well-documented. It drives me nuts. I really, really hate school. Now, I, I know the interim dean very personally. He's a great guy. I've met him multiple times. I made a video for him. He's talked about changing the current curriculum to accommodate people like me. So right now, as it works, I have to take classes um, teaching me programs like Premiere. Premiere is an editing program that I use every single day. So for me to waste an entire semester of my life learning, learning in quotes, use, taking a class learning how to use this program that I already know how to use is redundant. It's a waste of time. And the guy who's the interim dean says, I want to fix this. I want to change the curriculum to help people like you. Awesome. I think he should be the hire. I think he's from Washington State. He, he obviously fits my needs. But the thing, the reason why he fits my needs is he knows the program. He knows the problems with the program. He knows the strengths of the programs. The in-house hire knows more about the organization. No offense to the lady from LSU, but the lady from LSU doesn't know how things work here. She doesn't know the problems of the school. She has her own agenda. It's probably great. It'll probably, maybe it'll work. But the interim dean, the guy from in the college, he knows how things work here. He knows what students need. The Eagles hiring in-house is a great move. The new offensive coordinator for the Eagles understands what Carson Wentz needs. He's worked with him for over a year now. He gets it. The new offensive coordinator knows Carson Wentz and he understands the Eagles organization and he knows how to work with Doug Peterson. In fact, when I was a junior, so my junior to senior years of high school, my offensive coordinator left for a head coaching job, just like it did in Eagles. And my wide receivers coach actually became my offensive coordinator. It went smoothly. It went great. We all knew how to work together. It was fantastic. Could not have done it better. I think the Eagles will be just fine. Their head coach is staying on. Their quarterback is coming back from an injury. And their new offensive coordinator understands the organization and understands the personnel. Eagles will not have a drop-off. Maybe they will to some degree, but it won't be as drastic as everybody's making it out to be. People are acting like the Eagles won't know how to throw a football next year because they lost their entire offensive staff. They will be okay. Head coach staying. Quarterback coming back. New offensive coordinator that understands the organization. The Eagles will be okay. My name is Zach Schaumler. That is my entire show for today. I'm incredibly sick. I have a headache. It's, oh, it's, I, I've had to pause multiple times and cough. And I actually puked once during the show. I hide it well, I think, with editing. But my goodness, man. Um, I can't wait to be back on Wednesday. Wednesday should be a good podcast. I've already started kind of prepping it and working out the ideas I'm going to talk about. I'm very, very excited. I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube. You can also find my short, best, most interesting clips on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. We're growing like crazy. I'm very excited. If you like Strong Opinion Sports as much as I do, share a link on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. If you understand Reddit, help me out. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports and help me continue to grow this podcast. I love it. It's so much fun. Thank you for listening. I'm going to take an ibuprofen and go to bed. <laughs> My head hurts. I uh, I appreciate you guys listening. I'm excited for Wednesday. 
Hope you guys have a great day. Talk soon. Love you guys. But I'm bum. Bam, we're done.